Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 99 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how you doing? I'm doing really good, brother. I mean, other than the fact that I need to lose 30 pounds, <laughs> doctor's orders. Mm. Um, and it's not re- it's not really a shock because I have a mirror yep. and I look in it all the time and I have to get dressed and so I know what it's like to fit in my clothes. But <laughs> you, you never want to hear someone basically say, "I want to see less." Of, yeah, you know? yeah, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> other than that, man, I'm doing good. I, I am working on it, trying to 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 do right there, and uh, so in, intermittent fasting, whatever uh, mm-hmm. that is, and, and stuff like that. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. My doctor didn't tell me to lose 30 pounds. Yeah, thanks so. for rubbing it in. Yeah, no problem. I, I would look <laughs> probably pretty weird if I lost 30 pounds. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really skinny. Yeah, yeah, uh, a, little, a little too skinny and make my make Alexis <laughs> uncomfortable. I think make me uncomfortable. But uh, no, I'm I'm doing well. Just uh, finally, I think recovered from youth camp this last weekend. That that was great. Got to have your son come with us and a uh, great speaker there, Greg Speck. He he came and spoke at Northwestern back when I was there. Hadn't seen him since. Uh, but he was a speaker there and just uh, a dynamic, dynamic speaker and a funny guy. And um, yeah, look, it, it was, it was a great time. Worship was awesome. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, I don't bring up, my emotions don't come out very often, yeah. just in general, um, especially during worship, but you they definitely emotion? did. You got emotional? I, I got emotional, man. I, I had, I even had tears. It you was got caught up in the spirit. I got <laughs> caught up in the spirit. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, it was good. Something about you know a combination of of strong biblical preaching with a lot of practical application and um, awesome worship lyrics uh, br- brings out the the emotion, or as you would say, the, the the spirit in me. Yeah, you know, the two things you need for for a youth camp event: you need the Holy Spirit, and you need artificial Holy Spirit, aka caffeine. Yeah, and I I had that. For there you sure. go. There you go. And and needed it. But uh, no, man, I'm I am life is life is good. So today's episode, talking about in the spirit, is actually the, this question that we got from Phil Stravers. Phil, thanks for writing in. He's actually the father of our producer, Drew, who's uh, our worship pastor as well. And Phil asked the question, how is God's hovering spirit in Genesis different from the helper in the book of John, or is it the same? So pretty interesting, uh, specific question, but I think as we were looking into this um, and breaking it down Really, we're just going to go through a lot of different scriptures that talk about the Spirit of God, the Helper, and look at where that hovering Spirit in Genesis comes from, and then make the connection of whether or not they're the same. Yeah, so we're going to look at like the Holy Spirit and you know who He is and what He does, and you know is that different in the Old Testament, and the New Testament, that sort of thing. So I'm I'm excited about this. So I, I think starting off, just looking at what the Bible says, uh, Jackie, you uh, I'll let you go ahead and kick us off in Genesis where this hovering spirit is mentioned that, that Phil brought up. Yeah, so uh, the passage or the verse that, that Phil's referring to there, Genesis 1-2, and this is the beginning of creation. It says, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God 
was moving or uh, hovering over the surface of the waters. So that's where we get that right away. And um, I think there's this where this where this question may come from. I don't want to assume motives here by Phil, but uh, you know we know that in the New Testament we'll get to you know we as believers have the Spirit, and um, but there may be the belief that okay, well before the Spirit's in us, like it maybe the Spirit wasn't working in the same way, or how, how did the Spirit even work in the Old Testament or, or in this? And so when we see Spirit of God moving over the surface of the waters, uh, but we know about the Trinity later, it's like okay, well how is this the same or is it different? And so. I want to just look at a few different uh, verses here now going forward, kind of off of Genesis 1-2 about the Helper, about the Spirit. And, and so we'll jump to John 14, 16-17. It says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of Truth. So the assumption, Spirit of Truth equals the Helper, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Right. So the, the second part of, of Phil's question there, right, is, is the spirit that's hovering in Genesis the same as or different from the helper in John? And so we have a few more passages in John just referring to the helper um, as well. So John 14, 26, the same chapter that you were just in, it says the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. Uh, John 15, 26, uh, Derek, hit that. Uh, when, the, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. Again, helper, spirit of truth. And then lastly, John 16, 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go away, I will send him to you. So um, those passages there in John 14, 15, and 16 about the helper, and then you have the, the Genesis 1 passage about the Spirit of God hovering, are they the same? And uh, I think maybe it would be a good idea for us to I think answer that, but also explore the rest of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Yeah, so we're going to look at some examples of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and what he does uh, first. So Numbers 11, 24 to 25 says, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. Also he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and stationed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to, them, spoke to him, and he took the Spirit, in capital S, so uh, that Spirit, who was upon him and placed him upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do it again. So the spirit here was it rested upon them. God sent the spirit to them, and then they were able to prophesy as a result of having the spirit put on them. Right. So the spirit's working in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the book of Judges, we see the spirit of the Lord or the spirit of God um, working in the life of his people. Uh, particularly the judges. So Judges 6.34, it says, So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, and the Aborazites were called together to follow him. So if you go through that, you see that that the Spirit empowers or strengthens Gideon to lead them, so it came upon him. Um, And and all the judges, uh, or at least most of them, have that terminology used about them, but here it was to to lead. And then in Judges 14.6, this is mentioned several times about Samson, but it says the spirit of the Lord came upon him, Samson. It says it came upon him mightily so that he tore him as one tears a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. And so there it was a lion that he just shredded with his hands. And, and the Holy Spirit 
uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was able to just tear uh, this lion to pieces with mm-hmm. his bare hands. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't that come up again too when he collapses the Yes, the, absolutely. The columns. So, yep, so multiple times Samson is referred to as the spirit of the Lord came upon him and every time it strengthens him mightily. Yep. Um, so here you see the spirit of God. It was, it was giving Gideon the ability to lead and have people follow him. And here it was giving Samson the ability to have mighty strength. Yeah. And then 1 Samuel 10, 6, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, King Saul, mightily, and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. And then uh, also 2 Chronicles 15, 1, it says, Now the Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Oded. And so you have these two men that are um, going to be kings or leading Israel, that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them and equips them to do that, right? With King Saul, it says, Prophesy with them and even change into another man. But similar assumptions with Azariah, that the the Spirit of God is coming upon him to uh, give him the strength to lead. Uh, Job 33.4 talks about the Spirit of God, and it says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So so here the Spirit of God um, is is creator, right? So Mm -hmm. we can go back to that Genesis 1-2, the hovering spirit there in creation. Job says that the Spirit of God made Job. And it gives him life, sustains his life. So creating him and sustains him. And then Psalm 104 verse 30 says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So God create, the spirit of God is creating. Um, and so that is another thing the Holy Spirit does. And we see that mentioned again, Job and Psalm, uh, that God is a creating spirit. And I think that points us back to that Genesis um, passage that, that Phil is referring to. Yeah, and then Isaiah 61, verse 1, which is a, a prophecy about Jesus, and it, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and to fr- and freedom to prisoners. So mm-hmm. yeah. from the, the Spirit of the Lord comes this prophecy about, the, about Jesus, right? About right. the one who would come, the Messiah, to come and save them. And so Isaiah has this revelation from God that comes from the Spirit of the Lord. Ezekiel, same sort of thing. The Spirit is what gives Ezekiel this vision. And Ezekiel eleven twenty four, the prophet says, And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God to the exiles in Chaldea. So the vision that I had seen lifted me, or let it, it sent me. So what he's saying is that it was the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God that's the exact quote, the Spirit of God that gave him this vision, helped him see this truth, it helped him discern, helped him know, uh, brought him to this point where he understood what was going to happen. And uh, that's just another way that the Spirit of God worked in the in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So now, Jack, let's jump forward to some examples of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament and what he does there, and if it's similar or a little bit different. And so first, I think we see in Matthew 3, 16, it says this, After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. Mm -hmm. So we we see this picture here of God the Father saying, you know, this is my Son, whom I well please. You have the Spirit of God there, and obviously the Son of God, Jesus being baptized, which is, you know, a cool picture of the whole Trinity right right there together. Yeah, like a visualization of the the Trinity all present Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, all one, unified, but but also separate persons. (laughs) Um, We also see the Holy Spirit mentioned in Luke 135, where it says, the angel said to her, 
Uh, this is Mary uh, when she's being told that she's going to have the Messiah uh, born from her womb. It says the Holy. It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So we see this. This obviously the greatest miracle. This miracle of of the coming of Christ. The 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 birth of Jesus uh, being the the baby being put inside Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit's working in in obviously an incredible uh, mm-hmm. way there and then uh, going into John I, I got a few verses here just to kind of rattle off John three five it says Jesus answered truly truly I say to you unless one is born of water and the Spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God right being opposed to just a fleshly Birth right, you have to have there. you have to be born again. That's where Nicodemus is like, yeah. "What am I supposed to so go back salvation. into my mom?" Yeah. No, no, that's not what it is uh, of the spirit. John fourteen sixteen through seventeen talks about the Helper, and it says He abides with you and will be in you. Right? We kind of read that um, earlier, as if the Spirit is there, but then also will be uh, eventually in you. And then John fourteen twenty six, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I love so that, that one. So there we have the role of the Holy Spirit's also to teach things, but not new things, but to bring remembrance of what Jesus has said, which we, we've talked about before on, you know, the, how does God how speak, does God speak mm-hmm. today, right? It's the Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of things that Jesus has spoke, um, not new revelations that are up to right. us to, to discern. And then John 15, 26 says, the helper and the spirit of truth will testify about me. So the, the job of the, the spirit is to testify about Jesus and to make him known and, and bring about again. I think it goes in line with that John fourteen teaching and and remembering what Jesus said, pointing to Jesus um, th- that he is who he says he is. Right. Yeah. The Holy Spirit helps us, uh, like when Jesus talks in John six that uh, no one can come to the Father unless uh, he's enabled or unless God draws him. So the Holy Spirit he draws, he testifies, helps us believe the truth of the mm-hmm. gospel. Um, Romans eight nine and eleven says this. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So here we see the life-giving, life-resurrecting, uh, eternal life power of the Holy Spirit. The same the same spirit that was in Jesus who rose Jesus from the dead can be in us uh, and is in us if we put our faith and trust in Christ. And so what an awesome power of the same power that was in Jesus comes and resides in believers who put their faith and trust in Jesus. That's what Romans 8, 9, and 11 says. So, wow, what a what an awesome gift and blessing it is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So the same, I think the same kind of thing you see with, we looked at Samson, you talk about, the, you know, you're, he mightily was empowered. Mm-hmm. And all the things we see, the Holy Spirit is the one that, that gives us those abilities. Pretty sure that whole line is like a song um, that, as you were just saying that, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to want to sing that song. Um, the same the same power that raised, rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. I, I can't remember if that's a. I don't think it's Casting Crowns or can't. I can't yeah, remember. You should who it is. you should you know you should sing it. And let people know why God called you to be a preacher, <laughs> not a singer. That's all right. We'll keep moving on. <laughs> um, I am pretty good in my uh, in my car, and when a lot of other people are also singing loud around me, I think on, I'm great on, in the shower. Yeah, yeah. The shower's tough. A lot of, uh, the, sometimes the you know how it bounces it doesn't always Got the reverb, man. Yeah, the reverb isn't always great. 
First Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Right, And so this showing that, well, I'll just read 1 Corinthians 6.19 and then break them both down. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? So uh, again, telling us that the Holy Spirit lives within us as believers. So we have that which gives us all the, you know, the, the ability to learn and remember what Jesus said, to testify about him, that he's always with us, right? All of those things. But also then our, our body with the assumption is that because God dwells in us, the spirit of God is within us. Our body is a representation of God. And that's how we ought to live it out, right? And, and take care of it so that we represent Jesus well, represent the spirit well, um, rather than just trashing our bodies when it is, again, uh, with the spirit within. Right. Kind of like uh, when Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount and he talks about you are the light of the world yeah, and you let your light shine before men. It's, it's, it's the spirit of God in us that, that shines brightly or produces this, uh, uh, attractive qualities of God that draw people to him, which goes to the next passage is Galatians five twenty two through 25. And we see the, the Holy spirit mentioned here and we get a lot of what the Holy spirit does it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So here uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us that the Holy Spirit produces in us all these qualities uh, of, of these godly characteristics. And we, we are to have them, and they come from the Holy Spirit. They don't get these from trying harder. The Holy Spirit produces them in us. And then we talk, he says that we live by the Spirit. So he, he enables us and equips us to live these things out and to apply them to our lives, to practice them. And then he talks about walking by the Spirit. So this daily obedience, surrendering to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to control our lives. These are the things the Holy Spirit is doing in us, through us, and to us and wants to do. And we have a responsibility to surrender to let him do that. Um, and so that's just another another thing the Holy Spirit does uh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a blessing is to have God do that for us. Yeah, Ephesians 4.30 and goes on. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Mm. And so you, you, you kind of get, again, with, with the day of redemption, you get this picture of uh, one, one, the Spirit's with us, the Spirit will be there, and it seals us, right? Yeah, it's permanent. So, yeah, permanent for, for all of eternity, right? When we talked about can you lose your salvation or not. Exactly. It makes it pretty clear we can't, the Holy Spirit doesn't enter us and then decides, okay, you're living bad, or you said you don't want to do this, all right, I'm out and I'll go find somebody else. You know, it, it doesn't work that kind yeah, of way. The Holy sealed. Spirit secures us. He, he secures our salvation. That's really cool, too. Think about like that idea of eternal life. Mm-hmm. He he keeps us yeah. until the end. Yeah, praise God, because if it were up to us, we'd all give away our salvation uh, at some point or another. So I'm thankful that God uh, seals us so that we can't lose it. Yeah. Um, because how, how so how often we act. Second uh, Peter two one says, "For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God." And so the Holy Spirit was, is the one that moves people to speak or, or to do the the crazy not not crazy but fantastic miraculous things that um, were done throughout the Bible, but also even in this context with prophecy so speaking the words of god the scripture this was from mm-hmm. again the whole moved by the holy spirit that was spoke from god and so very clear um how the holy spirit moves people to speak and prophesy yeah I mean, well and 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 what peter's saying there is that the, the scripture itself 
is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Like everything that we have that's scripture, the Holy Spirit has given it to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah, so that's incredible. So I think then, Jackie, the question now is are those, are, are they the same, right? This hovering spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, the helper, the, 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 helper, the Holy Spirit that was, um, you know, working in people in the Old Testament, it, are they the same? Yeah. So I think in order to answer that question, I, I want to kind of unpack the, the the meanings of the words in the Old and New Testament. So, you know, the Old Testament is going to be in Hebrew primarily, and the word for Hebrew or, or the Hebrew word for spirit is ruah, and it, it actually means three things. It's translated these three ways in the Old Testament, breath, wind, and spirit. So it, it means all three of those things. And here's an example of a verse that, that I read earlier that actually shows it being translated both ways in the same verse. So it's Job 33, verse 4. And it says, The Spirit of God, or the Ruah of God, has made me, and the breath of the Almighty, or the Ruah of the Almighty, gives me life. So that that's the word. And so every passage that we read in the Old Testament where you saw the word spirit, it was Ruah, and so it's talking about the Spirit of God, and it's the same one in Genesis 1-2 where it says the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. But that The Hebrew there is the Ruah of Elohim. So the Spirit of God, or the breath of God, was there hovering over the waters. So in the Old Testament, that's what the word is. The word is Ruah, and it means three things, breath, wind, and spirit. It's translated about the same every time, and any time it's attached to God, um, we want we, we say okay that's that's really the spirit of of God yeah and then in in the New Testament where we see it written in Greek spirit is the word pneuma that's p n e u m a pneuma which like pneumonia yeah yeah right coincidentally also means breath wind or spirit um, just like it does in the Hebrew which is not yeah, all that common either for for it's words very, to to mean the same thing very rare in fact it it hardly ever happens where uh, a word, that, so like we, we'd have a word like life, for example, yep. and in Hebrew and in Greek, it's going to be two different words, and the the overall definition may be a little bit more broad or, or less so between the languages, but here they mean the exact same thing. Yeah. So coincidentally or not, because <laughs> right? uh, God knows what he's doing, but we see in John 3, verse 8, it says, the wind, so pneuma, there blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit, same word there, pneuma. So wind, spirit, using the, the same thing, or, or the, the same word there, usage. You also have John 14, 16 to 17. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Now, the helper is the pneuma of truth, or the, the breath, or the spirit, right? So uh, whenever helper is used, it's that pneuma uh in that case, that being breath or spirit. So we, we yeah. see that clearly in John 14. Yeah. And so, and I think it's interesting too, because like in second Timothy three sixteen, we talk about the scripture uh, is, is inspired by God. Like all scripture is inspired by God. And, and we said this on previous podcasts, Paul sort of coined a new phrase there, theonoustus, um, which is, your translation may say that scripture, instead of is inspired by God, is God breathed. And again, let's go back to what the word means. So the word for spirit or the Holy spirit uh, that spirit part uh, is neustis, and Theo being God, so that you get God breathe. Or another way to look at it, I think, would maybe a, a better understanding, goes back to that passage that you read 
in First uh, uh, Peter, or excuse me, Second Peter two one, where he talks about the people were carried by the Spirit who gave the word of God. What the Second Timothy three sixteen passage is essentially saying is that the Holy Spirit inspired the Scripture. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. delivered the Scripture. The Holy Spirit is the one who has given us the Scripture, which I said earlier. But here. It's just interesting that Paul uses the word like that on purpose to make that connection. Yep. Theonousis, the breath of God, the wind of the spirit, the moving of the spirit is what brings forth the scripture. So the words used for the spirit of God in both the New and Old Testament mean exactly the same thing, even though they're in two different languages. And the things the spirit of God does in the Old Testament and New Testament are also very much the same. However, there is a significant difference in the way the Holy Spirit empowers God's people in the Old and New Testament. Right. So in you can see that in the way it's described. So in the Old Testament, if you go back and, and look at all those verses again that we read about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, the terminology used to talk about how it was working in the people was that it rested upon them or it came upon them or was upon them. So the Holy Spirit was on God's people, moving God's people and strengthening God's people. The same is also true in the New Testament before Jesus ascends back to heaven. For example, Mary was told the Holy Spirit will come upon you. But at Pentecost, after the ascension of Christ, where Jesus goes back to heaven, there is a significant change. And so, Derek, you're going you're gonna to read about that, where that, that change takes place. Yeah, so in Acts 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, there's that word pneuma again for wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, pneuma, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And so there's there's the change. They were filled. Right. right by the Spirit. From the first man, Adam, to the ascension of Christ, the Holy Spirit was with God's people and on God's people. But when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside and live us, live in us as believers. So very much a big difference, because we saw even in the like the story of Samson, right? There was times that the Spirit was upon him, and definitely times that the Spirit was not left. upon him yeah. and left. Yes. Um, like and when he got his, eyes, we got his hair cut yep. off and his eyes pucked out and all this. Yeah, so big, big differences. And now, thankfully, I'm thankful that I live at a time where the Holy Spirit doesn't come in and out of me, that it is in me, and that is the way that it is, so that I have in the power of the Spirit to live the way that I ought to, um, and it's not uh, coming upon us anymore. Right, and, and Jesus even, back to, to the, the helper passages that Jesus uh, was mentioning in, in like John 14, 15, and 16, yeah. one of those even alludes to or, or points this out. And a lot, we just read past it. We don't think about it. But there's actually significance there, and he talks about this change that's going to be taking place. In John 14, 17, Jesus says, The helper, he abides with you and will be in you. So right now he's saying to his disciples, he's with you now, right? Mm-hmm. He's on you. He's helping you. But he he is going to be in you. Mm-hmm. He's going to come and, and dwell you. So the terminology in the rest of the New Testament when it comes to the Holy Spirit working with God's people from Acts 2 that you read on is is filled or dwells or is in us. So the Holy Spirit isn't just on us anymore. Uh, he is with us today and he remains in us until we go to heaven like Jesus did. So we see the, the Spirit both in the Old Testament and the New Testament working in much the same way, but the way in which that is manifested is different. Um, because now he he lives in us and he's mm-hmm. not just on us coming and going, but
but he's in us until the day we die and go to heaven. So to answer the question, yes, we believe that the Spirit of God in Genesis 1-2 is the same Holy Spirit called the Helper in the Gospel of John. But now the Holy Spirit not only empowers, but indwells. What a privilege and a blessing it is to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, living inside us believers. The same Spirit of God that hovered over the waters and worked in creation now comes and indwells followers of Jesus Christ. He is the promised helper that Jesus sent to be with us forever. The Holy Spirit is God, and he works at our hearts and minds to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our lives. He inspired the writing of the scripture that we have today, and he helps us understand it and apply it to our lives. That concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com. Thank you.